Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery's show. Hanging out with you on this Monday evening, 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. This should I look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So, former Carolina Panthers wide receiver Steve Smith Threw some shade at Desmond Ritter. So, he had um, Green Bay Packers rookie wide receiver Jaden Reed on his podcast, which is called Steve Smith Sr.'s Cut to It. You ever heard of that podcast? No. Okay. This is back on July 19th when he had had Reed on, uh, Jaden Reed. So... He um, was talking to him about the idea of, and I guess uh, supposedly he was drafted at number 50 was Jaden Reed. He was drafted number 50 overall. And he had said that he thought that he might um, get drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, upon hearing that, the former Panthers wide receiver, Steve Smith, Threw some shade at Desmond Ritter saying, and and this is after he said this, saying, quote, I can tell you right now with the Atlanta Falcons, man, they ain't got no quarterback. You dodged a bullet on that. And then Reed, (laughs) Reed actually, Reed actually agreed um, with him saying, uh, quote, uh, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Let's see how it works out up there with Jordan. I'm not saying he's bad, but. Yeah, again, you know, he he started off at Western Michigan, played uh, played for the played for Michigan State as a wide receiver. He did have a thousand yard season with uh, with Michigan State. But yeah. Um, well, listen, again, Steve Smith, the former Carolina Panther, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going to be complimentary of, you know, probably things regarding the Atlanta Falcons but um <laughs> but but think about that you you've got a rookie wide receiver on and you're saying oh well that team doesn't have a quarterback you you dodged a bullet in all that. and then the guys agreeing with it. Now, I wonder if he agreed with him just simply because you don't want to necessarily get into a discussion about Desmond Ritter and 
disagreeing. Yeah. Like, is it just like one of those things like, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's that kind of deal. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't really want to get into this discussion. Yeah, so. like, whatever you say type deal. Right, like, right, yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, just, yeah, agree, agreeing for the sake of agreeing, you know. But um, but interesting. I mean, again, Steve Smith, you know, we'll see. I, I mean, look, if Desmond Ritter performs really well, I hope, I hope Desmond gets a hold of Steve Smith and goes on his podcast. That wouldn't that be great? And Desmond that Ritter seems like Desmond Ritter doesn't seem like kind of an a hole as far as those kinds of things. I mean, I could see him doing something like that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Pro Football Focus has their most important uh, non-quarterback for every NFC team. Okay. Who do you think they have for the Falcons? Most important non-quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Who do you think that player is, Dave? Ooh, um, that's tricky. I wonder because I don't. I, I'm gonna say they went to the defensive side of the ball, and then maybe they say, uh, ooh, I don't know. Maybe they say Jesse Bates. All right, it's actually Bijan Robinson. Oh, offense. Okay. Um. It may seem odd for the rookie out of Texas to be Atlanta's most important player, but there are a few better places he could have landed. Arthur Smith's philosophy, the Falcons' offensive line, and Robinson's talent are a match made in heaven. He could lead the NFL in rushing in his rookie season. His, uh, sorry, Atlanta's defense likely won't be great, and the team has major, con- uh, major questions at quarterback. The Falcons will cause many problems in the run game, though. Robinson had a missed tackle. Rob, sorry, Robinson is a missed tackle machine, 104 that he forced last season, and has enough speed at 215 pounds to score on any play. If Atlanta's offensive line repeats last year's performance, Robinson's ability will be fully showcased and give the Falcons a legitimate shot at a division title. Now. The lead the league in rushing thing. Okay. Well, again, is Tyler Algier being traded? Is is he cut? Because, again, I have, a th- I have a known commodity in a 1,000-yard rusher that I'm just going to cast to the side for the sake of, you know, my number eight pick, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think both guys will get plenty of carries and they'll get plenty of touches of the football. Again, if you're gonna, you, you're not gonna be able to split time with a running back and lead the league in rushing. I don't see how that's that's really possible. And and I've talked about this. Could they? Could Robinson and Tyler Algier find themselves with a thousand yards rushing a piece when all is said and done? Could they both be one thousand yard rushers in an offense like this? So whereas Derrick Henry was a two thousand yard rusher by himself. Could we have two 1,000-yard rushers on this offense? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, again, Tyler Algier ran for 1,000 yards in seven starts. Now, he played a lot, but again, only seven starts. So, we'll see. Do I agree that B. John Robinson is the, what's the title here, the most important non-quarterback for any NFC team? No. No. I, I don't buy that at all. So, um, because of, let me say it like this, because of some of the underwhelming 
things that have happened in the first couple of years, Kyle Pitts may be that guy. Because if you've got the number four pick in the draft and that player doesn't become all-world for you, uh, that's a big swing and a miss. Especially when you look and say, okay, we could have had Panay Sewell. We could have had Micah Parsons. You know, you start playing that what-if game. So... I, I, I just I'm not I'm not sure that I would pick Bijan Robinson to be the most important player on the fa- non-quarterback on on the Falcons, but anything's uh, possible. So ESPN had their top ten um, offensive tackles chosen by executive coaches and scouts, and. Um, Honorable mention in this category was Jake Matthews. And here's the write-up that uh, was done about him. I should say, actually, this is from offensive line coach Dwayne Ledford, who said this last year, quote, somebody that has played at such a high level like Jake for so long for us up front, you have to be able to give the example up front of how to go to work, how to prepare, how to go out there and do the things that that we're asking him to do. It's a blessing for me as a coach to have a veteran like Jake in that meeting room because he's done nothing but everything we've asked of him, and uh, and having him is a great uh, asset. So again, some praise for for Jake Matthews there from from his uh, from his coach. Um, you know, look, I mean, again, I think Jake Matthews has been a better player than people have given him credit for. I think he's been. I think he's not been, you know, um, you know what I want to say. I, he's not been Orlando Pace, but he's not been Tony Mandarich either, you know, who developed into a really good guard, by the way, but that's separate from everything. But, I, again, I think he's been a better player than people have given him credit for. And he's, he's spent most of his career as an upper half left tackle. Not saying he was one or two or three, but he wasn't, 20, 24, 25, 26. He was kind of in that, you know, maybe 11 to 15 kind of range. And I think he's still got some productive years yet. I don't, I don't want to talk like Jake Matthews is over the hill and he's done and everything like that. But but I think he's been a better player than people have given him credit for at times. I think he's been not spectacular, but he's been really good. And it's been a real stabilizing force for this football team to be able to have him. So I, I could see where ESPN could come up with something like that. And, and obviously he's played a long time. You know, again, he had the he started right after, you know, in his rookie year, Sam Baker was, you know, moved moved out of the way and they eventually, you know, started Jake Matthews and he hasn't really looked back. By the way, he's got the is it the longest um might be the longest streak in the NFL with 144 straight games that he has started. 144 straight for uh, Jake Matthews. So that's, uh, again, that's the longest active streak in the NFL. So, again, not a guy that gets hurt. Not a guy that won't go out there and play day in, day out, week in, week out. But I think he's been a better player than people give him credit for. He may not be a Hall of Famer or anything like that. You know, he may not have a whole bunch of all pros and different things attached to his name. But I think, and maybe, you know, as we've said, what was he drafted? Uh, was it was it sixth? 
sixth, I believe. It, 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 whatever it is, I mean, sixth or eighth or what have you. That's still you still got to be a really good player, and for him to have played as long as what he has, and still be productive, you know, as he's you know getting in the twilight of his career. Yeah, I think Jake Matthews is one of the more underrated offensive linemen over in the NFL. I mean, I think I think he's one of the more underrated guys in the league itself. Probably didn't get all the kudos and flowers and stuff that some other guys get, like Bakhtarari and you know whatever. But those guys are some of the elite level players. I think Jake's been really good for this franchise. I think he's been a really good cornerstone piece for this franchise, and he's brought a lot of stability to that offensive line. Because, again, last couple few years, we've done a lot of shuffling, a lot of retooling of the deck. We're we're playing into the favorites and stuff like that. We did that before. Now we're doing it again. We're playing into the favorites and stuff like that. But, um, But, again, I think Jake has been really, really good for this club. And I think he's got some more years left in him. And we'll see if eventually he kicks inside, if he becomes a right tackle. You know, we'll see eventually what what happens with Jake Matthews in his career as to where he ends up going. You know, again, his father and uncle and all that stuff, they played all three positions, and they played left, they played right, they played inside, they played center, all these different things. Could that be the future for Jake Matthews? He feels like a guy that will play for a long time in this league, regardless of what his position is going to be. All right, Chris Willis, when we come back, we'll talk some Braves baseball with him. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio 929 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Radio 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show. Live on this Monday evening with you as Braves wrap up another successful series in Milwaukee. And, uh, of course, they will play Milwaukee coming up here in just a, a couple of nights. And, uh, of course, between then, 
We've got the Boston Red Sox uh, interleague action as the uh, Braves will be up in Fenway. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Chris Willis, managing editor and covers the Atlanta Braves for SB Nation. Batterypower.com is where you can check out all of his work on his, twist, uh, on his Twitter page, excuse me, at Chris underscore Willis. Chris, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for uh, being on the show with us tonight. Oh, it's always fun. I appreciate you having me. You know, I talked about this on my podcast this morning, and I want to get your thoughts. You know, I, I think Rizel Iglesias has maybe gotten some bad raps and things like that, you know, because, again, maybe it's not as pretty as what some people want. But you look last night. He got the save yesterday. He's now 18 for 20 in save opportunities. I know he's got the four losses, but of closers who have at least 10 saves, he's got – there are nine closers that have as many or more defeats than what he does. He's seventh in Major League Baseball in save percentage. That magical number's always been 90%. You think he's had a pretty good year? I mean, he's had kind of a an under, underrated kind of year because, again, he didn't start off on the club. You know, he was injured, obviously. But I think, by and large, he's turned in a pretty good year for this team. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think everybody it, – it, everybody just remembers the the rough outings you know and he's come in in some tie games and and give it up but you know by and large i think he's been uh i think he's been pretty good and, and you mentioned too you know he started the season on the injured list uh basically i think made one appearance in spring training and i mean that's a tough situation to be in uh you know to get back to the major leagues with no basically no prep just a little bit of rehab time as in the lead up and then step into, you know, one of the most important roles in the bullpen. So the Braves did make a couple of moves today. What do we know about these guys that these couple of guys that they brought in to kind of help strengthen this bullpen? Well, Pierce Johnson comes from the Rockies. Um, you know, the surface numbers are, are not real good. I think he's got an ERA over six. But, you know, if you dig a little deeper, you'll see that he's pitched a lot better away from Coors Field. Uh, heard Alex Anthopoulos talk about him today, and they're hoping that you know he can. He's still getting a lot of swing and miss, and um, you know he's got a good fastball velocity. Just adds depth. And uh, uh, Taylor Hearn, also lefty as a left-hander coming from the Rangers, also I mean the big thing with him is uh, he's got options. They're a little light on left-handed uh, options at the moment with AJ Minner and Dylan Lee both out. Uh, so you know bringing Hearn in, he's another guy with a good arm. Uh, and that gives them a little flexibility down there. So the other move that was made today, and I just, I'll be honest with you, I kind of scratched my head, is Michael Soroka got sent back down. And, and I know it hasn't been, been great, but I, Chris, at some point, I, I guess, I, I feel like he's got to stay up with the big club and work his way through these things. I mean, these, you know, these Partridge family bus rides back and forth to Buford and Smyrna aren't doing anything for him. I mean, either either he's going to make it at the big league level and he's got to figure some things out up here. And and again, the Braves have a big enough lead that, with all due respect, I mean, look, I'll say it, the division's over. I mean, the, the, the Marlins and the Phillies aren't making a run in this division. Why not leave him up with the big club and try to work some things out there? I thought it was kind of peculiar, too, um, especially because, I mean, Brian Snicker had talked uh, on the last homestand about that they needed Soroka to go and take that take that rotation spot, you know, at the, where at that point right. of the season. So, you know, I don't know if it's uh, – I don't know if it was something, you know, some deal with the roster because they had these uh, couple of moves cooking and 
you know, need and also claimed Yanni Chirinos from the from the Rays. Uh, but I agree. I mean, I feel like, you know, if it's not now for Soroka, you know, then when is it? I mean, at some point you're going to have to throw him out there every five, every fifth day and, and see what you've got, you know, because I don't think, I don't think riding the shuttle back and forth from Gwinnett's doing uh, the Braves or him any good. Well, and think about the long term of it too. Look, at some point Kyle Wright's going to be back, whether you, you if it's next year, this year, whatever. And then obviously Ian Anderson is going to be back at some point, you know, in the next season. I mean, there there starts to become more limited options for, you know, where Michael Soroka fits into this rotation. And look, maybe they don't sign uh, Max Freed at the end of the day. But again, if they're going to keep this up, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like that there's really a whole lot of hope or really a whole lot of light at the end of the tunnel that, Again, you're going to start to get guys healthy over the next year or so. I don't know where he fits in anymore. Yeah, and I mean, and and to go a step further, I mean, he'll be arbitration eligible again this offseason. And I mean, really, uh, you know, now that he's back, I mean, you could, you could, and if he's not, if they don't think he can be effective, then, you know, he would be a non-tender candidate right. in a lot of situations. So, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see down the stretch, just to see, where he fits in, if he fits in, uh, because, you know, I just – that was that was a move that I just really didn't see coming. You know, I was pretty surprised when he got sent down. Chris Willis from BatteryPower.com covering Atlanta Braves, joining me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Um, Austin Riley, no surprise, he was the NL player of the week. We've kind of – you know, Chris, you and I have kind of joked about this and kind of, you know, toyed with the idea. You know, we've been kind of waiting for him to have that stretch where – he can put the team on his back for a week or two period. We saw that here, you know, over these last handful of games. I mean, obviously the home run stroke is, uh, is coming through and um, you know, it feels like he's about to go on one of these heaters that, you know, again, where he can carry a ball club, carry this team specifically for, you know, the next maybe two or three weeks. Yeah. And it's felt like, you know, he's been on the verge of it a, a couple of different times this season and just, Never was the one guy really in the lineup that just hadn't had that prolonged hot streak. So, you know, maybe you're maybe you're about to see that. And I mean, it's a, it's a really scary thought for a you know a team with this offense that's this good. So, uh, it's good to see him you know get some success because I thought he's had some good at bats at times and and just hasn't been able to just really get over the hump. He's not been bad by any stretches of, uh, of means, but you know at the same time, you know just not quite what everybody was expecting from him. So with the move with Michael Soroka, is Max Freed going to make one more start down in the minors? Is he, you know, ready to almost, you know, bring himself back up on the club? I mean, what, where kind of we are, where are we with Max Freed as far as how quickly we could see him in the rotation? Uh, Brian Snicker said during the the, tri the series in Milwaukee that uh, Freed will make one more at, uh, rehab start. Uh, I think that's coming Wednesday um, for Gwinnett. And then, you know, uh, that should get him up to around 80, 85 pitches. And I would imagine that his next start would be, you know, in Atlanta as long as everything goes fine physically. So with all this, I mean, you know, again, and, and I've, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm serious when I say that the division, you know, is over. Do you think that they start to experiment with some of their pitching as far as just trying to keep guys healthy, trying not to burn guys out? I mean, you know, again, obviously they've suffered a lot of injuries to this pitching staff, and especially, you know, they're starting pitching. Do they have to start being kind of cautious where, 
again, they, they have a pretty good buffer. I mean, they, they literally almost have as much of a divisional lead as every other division in baseball combined. So do they start to kind of slow these guys down a little bit, bring some young guys up, you know, every now and then? I mean, what do you think the plan is going to be maybe moving forward for what this pitching staff is going to be? I think that very well could be it. And, um, you know, I was asked uh, about pitch counts or inning, inning limits uh, the other day uh, for the Brave starters, and I don't think there's a hard inning limit uh, for anybody. But at the same time, I expect them to start to give guys extra days of rest when they can. You know, and we've seen them do that already at, at various points of the season. But as they get guys back, it's going to be easier. And I also think that's, you know, that may be part of the bullpen moves too because, uh, you know, they've had guys down there that didn't have options. And that's made it really tough, you know, to be flexible with your roster. Uh, Taylor Hearns got options to who they acquired today. And then I'm pretty sure Chirinos does as well. So, you know, you might start to see some guys shuttle in and out a little more than what we've seen over the uh, first part of the season. Could there be a starter in the mix as far as, you know, being traded for? Could they add another starter to this rotation if they don't think Soroka is coming along the way that they would hope? If they want to try to slow down, you know, Max Freed at some point, do you think a starter could be in the future for the Braves to trade for? Well, I mean, Alice Anthopoulos didn't didn't um, uh, shut down the idea of acquiring anything today. I mean, he, he you know, they, they've got their options open. If it's the right player, you know, he stressed that a couple of times that, you know, they're not just uh, locked in on one, uh, on one position. It's just a, a matter of, if the right deal comes together for the right player, then they would, you know, they'll pull the trigger. So, you know, I wouldn't completely uh, rule it out, but at the same time, you've got Freed, you've got Soroka, you've got Kyle Wright hopefully coming back as well. Uh, so, you know, they've got some options there. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they traded for a starter, but I still don't think it would probably be at the top of the list. With as well as the offense has obviously performed this year, what would a bat look like, I mean, in this lineup? I mean, are they looking for maybe potentially a right-handed bat to take some pressure off Rosario against lefties? Or what do you think would be as far as an offensive piece that they may look at? You know, I may I may be in the minority here, but I feel like if they're going to go for a bat, I think it would be a, a situation where, you know, maybe they they added a guy that's gonna that's got two or three more years of control with him. And, uh, you know, p perhaps Rosario would be in that deal or, you know, somebody else. I think it'd be one of those uh, deals like they made for Iglesias last year at the, at the you know, right at the buzzer of the deadline where, you you know, it, it kind of alters the shape but gives them a little bit more punch in that offense, uh, which is a scary thought, honestly. Um, you know, I think that's that would be the difference. I don't really see them just going out and getting uh, – you know, a rental bat or, you know, just a bench piece or anything like that. I think if they go for a hitter, they'll try to make a splash. Is there, I mean, as we wrap up, Chris, I mean, is there is there anything really that you look like is any kind of real flaw with this team? I mean, I, I just, you know, again, and maybe because I'm comparing it to what the rest of the NL East is, but I, I just don't see anything that just is a glaring weakness for this team. Yes, you can always upgrade at positions, but there just doesn't seem to feel like that there is one thing that just is like a sore thumb that sticks out on this team. I think the only thing you can be afraid of is just, the, you know, the injuries. And, I mean, there's been a bunch of them this year. 
and we saw how, you know, Spencer Strider getting hurt at the end of last season, Max Reed getting sick at the end of last season kind of just derailed a, uh, you know, what was a good regular season, uh, but just derailed that postseason run. So, you know, I I think they're going to continue to try to add depth just in, you know, just to prepare for the situation that they lose some guys. Uh, But, you know, if they get everybody back that they're supposed to get back, I mean, it's hard. You have to look really hard, you know, try to find a flaw with this roster because I just feel like I feel like uh, there's not that many holes to fill. Chris Willis, he covers the Atlanta Braves for SB Nation, managing editor for BatteryPower.com, and he joined me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Follow Chris on his Twitter, uh, personal Twitter page, excuse me, at Chris underscore Willis. And Chris, as always, buddy, appreciate a, a few minutes uh, on the show tonight, and we will certainly chat again here soon. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You got it. John Chuck, we will be back. Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game, back at it, Chuck show, hanging out in the Key Studios. Monday night with you here. Braves have the night off. They'll be up in uh, Boston to take on the Red Sox coming up uh, tomorrow. Actually, two days uh, for the Red Sox series. And then uh, come back home, what, uh, is it Friday? Because, again, they'll play, play Tuesday, Wednesday, off day on Thursday, and then come back home on Friday as they're back at Truist Park to take on the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers diamond text line to be a part of the show. Um, Right now, the uh, Phillies and the Nationals are both losing their games. Mutts have the night uh, off, uh, but the Phillies are losing. They lost last night, I believe, anyway, Uh, if I'm not mistaken. I thought they I, didn't they lose last it, night or was, was that the night before? Was it Philly or was it Philly or was it the Marlins that uh, that lost? Um, yeah, Philadelphia won last night. The the Marlins uh, won. Marlins won as uh, as well. Mets are on a two game losing streak. Yep. Um, the Nationals have won three in a row. Uh, again, even even with the Braves, you know, again they've had their struggles. Four and six uh, over the last ten. Phillies are only five and five. They've only picked up a game. Marlins are two and eight. They've lost a couple of games. Mutts have stayed the same at four and six. And only the Nationals have actually picked up any ground on the Braves, uh, picking up two games on Atlanta as they've won three in a row. And they're 40, 41 and 58 on the season. 
How about the two teams that are battling it out for supremacy in the American League? You've got the Oakland A's at 28-74. and 74. You've got the Kansas City Royals at 28-73. and 73. How is that possible? How are those teams so the the NL the I should say the AL Central stinks this year. The Twins are only five games above five hundred. That division stinks, and yet the Royals are twenty five games out of first place. The Oakland A's are thirty two games off. It's crazy. We we have played. Um, I was looking at the Braves numbers. We have played sixty point five percent of the season. So not even a full 61%. 60.5% of the season has been played. And they are 32 games out. Kansas City's 25 games out in a bad division. Again, the Nationals, for all that they stink, they're only 23 and a half games out. And the Braves are 30 games above 500. 30 above 500. And the Nationals are only 23 and a half out. I mean, it's it's pathetic how bad some of these organizations are. Like if there was ever if there was an ever a case to be made for contraction, there are several American League teams that you could say, okay, it, it may be time. Kansas City Royals and the Oakland A's. I mean, what a couple of disgraceful teams. The A's are 13 and 35 on the road. 13 and 35 on the road. You know what? The Royals are worse. They're 13 and 37 on the road. How about this number, Day Day? Okay. The Royals and Oakland A's have a combined um, run differential number of 427. 427. Hundred and twenty-seven combined run differential. The Kansas City Royals are a minus one sixty-nine. The Oakland A's are a minus two hundred and fifty-eight. And and Oakland has played what? They've played a hundred and two games right now. I believe that they've played a hundred and two. Let me make sure I got that math math right uh, on it. Um, gosh, let's see, twenty eight. Uh, yeah, it's one hundred and two. Yeah, twenty eight plus seventy four. Okay, so they've played one hundred and two games. Okay, they have scored three hundred and sixty four runs. They they in modern day baseball with all the home runs and offense being up and all this kind of stuff, they average three and a half runs per game. It's sad. Like, there's some sad baseball being played uh, in the American League for some of these bottom-feeding teams. So, again, no Braves tonight. They will start up a a quick two-game set against the Red uh, Red Sox. And um, Red Sox actually are starting to um, play a little bit better. They're only eight and a half games out. That's a really tough division. Yankees are 53-47. and They're eight and a half games out of first place. And they're last in their division. And they're still 53 and 47. 
Baltimore has been one of the surprises of the year. They've been maybe the story of the year in baseball. They're 61 and 38. That's getting some work done with a plus 48 um, run differential. So, um, Braves coming up. Oh, by the way, too, we've got uh, no show tomorrow as Atlanta United is back and they are playing in this League's Cup. So, they will take on Inter Miami. Did you see Messi's goal the other night? Yeah. See yeah, that goal that he yeah. that he fired away on? Mm-hmm. It was a heck of a shot, wasn't it? And that's why the ticket prices are high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that match is at Inter Miami, by the way. So um so that that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. And again, remember September fifteenth is when he'll be here in Atlanta to take on Atlanta United, assuming that he plays. Assuming that he doesn't sit out for grass. He's gonna or turf play. Or, of course he is. He's never said he wouldn't play. But, again, the narrative has been, well, he didn't play on turf. Well, again, probably not very many places that he could put play on on turf with, with all of this. But, anyway, um, but this will be fun tomorrow night because there will be a lot of center of attention on Messi and, you know, whether or not he can replicate what he did the other night. I mean, that was a hell of a shot. Like, he, he I'll, I'll even give him credit for that. I mean, he, he definitely took heck of a shot. And, um, you know, I, it was kind of, was kind of, I don't know, some people can pull off pink, some can't. I'm not sure that soccer team needs to be in all pink or whatever like that, those uniforms that they have. But anyway, but Atlanta United coming up tomorrow night, so they will take on Inter-Miami, and uh, we'll have all of your action right here. I haven't seen a play-by-play schedule, so um, any idea what time they start? Uh, pre at 7, kick at 7.30. Okay, there you yeah. go. So uh, we'll have free post and half with um, uh, Jason Longshore and uh, Mike, uh, Mike Connie. They will have uh, all of that uh, action for you. So, all right, speaking of the all the action for you, let's get to something we call What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Boy, the Bengals are going to be the Bengals for a lifetime. So, Bengals president Mike Brown knows that contract negotiations are looming for a lot of his team in the next couple of years. So in the next couple few years, they've got Joe Burrow. They've got T. Higgins, uh, Logan Wilson, um, Pro Bowl wide receiver Jamar Chase is now eligible for a new contract. And here's what Mike Brown had to say. One of the cheapest owners, presidents, whatever you want to call them, um, all time in the NFL. Quote, we have some good players that we need that need to be fed. That's a challenge. It's mathematical. You get a big uh, you get a bag of corn and you have 10 hogs. Well, you're gonna have to put that out to them. The bag's going to be empty and some of them aren't going to get it. Now here's the thing. Um, and by the way, Brown said, quote, I have bound myself not to talk about Joe's contract. I don't think it's helpful for the negotiations. The either the other side has made some commitment, and they but and they have not uh, broken it. Um, here's the thing: you should have paid Joe Burrow when you had the chance. Now he's going to cost you a gazillion dollars and then some. Okay, and you know what's going to end up happening? The Bengals are going to be cheap, and they're not going to play as many guys as they can. And it's going to be it's going to be Joe Burrow and a bunch of ham and eggers around him, and they'll have wasted. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and 
all of these guys around him that they put around him, probably not winning a Super Bowl in the mix. And eventually, several of those guys will walk. And, and that's the thing about some of these franchises. While they're young and cheap and all this kind of stuff, you got to sign some of those guys up for the long term. They didn't because, guess what? The Bengals are cheap, and they don't want to overpay for somebody. Well, guess what? Now you're not going to be able to afford everybody. And they have a Super Bowl-ready roster. Is there any doubt about that? I mean, I mean, again, everybody's got their holes and their flaws and stuff, okay? But they're a Super Bowl-ready roster. Hell, they were just in the Super Bowl two years ago. They're a Super Bowl-ready roster to win with, with maybe the second, third best quarterback in the NFL. Jamar Chase is a beast. T. Higgins has had a big-time impact on this team. There are so many. They have so many guys on their team. You know, they signed uh, Trey Hendrickson. You know, to, to stabilize the pass rush. All he did was go out and set the franchise record for sacks for the Bengals. Like they have a Super Bowl ready roster, ready to win now. And guess what? If they don't win now, they ain't gonna pay everybody because they're the Bengals, and, and they're not gonna be creative and find a way to, you know, stretch out all the money that they can. Because they're the Bengals. And they're not going to, you know, try to find solutions to these problems where you try to keep as many guys as you possibly can and figure out ways to incentivize them and stay here. Nope, they're the Bengals. It's going to end up being, you know, another crap show for the Bengals. Some of these franchises, because of their ownership at the very top, will never be able to get out of their own way. And that's the Bungles. They will never be able to get out of their own way. They've got, they don't have good talent right now. They've got generational talent right now. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are generational talent players. I mean, Joe Burrow is the real deal. And they probably won't pay all of those guys. And they'll be, again, they'll pay Joe Burrow because he's the quarterback and he puts butts in seats. They'll, they'll, they'll pay him. Everybody else, eh, hasta lasagna, don't get any on you. And that's what's going to happen. It's it's like the, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars a few years ago. Remember, they had a Super Bowl-ready roster. They were ready. They were in the AFC title game. They were ready to take that next step. They were ready to go win a Super Bowl. And then the Patriots happened. And that blew that whole plan up because the Patriots actually know how to win. And so they, that team was never the same again. And that franchise... It took them a few years. They have recovered, but not to that level, not to the level of where they were just a few years ago. And I hope that doesn't happen to the Bengals because, again, that fan base deserves better, right? They went all those years with, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, what was the coach's name? Marvin, um, Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis, not winning any playoff games or anything like that. Now they have a Super Bowl-ready roster. Now they've got a roster that should you know, be going to the Super Bowl on a pretty regular basis. We'll see what happens. But I will guess that the Bengals are using this as a preemptive strike, right? They're already they're already launching those salvos of we can't pay everybody. Like they're not even. It would be one thing if they asked Day Day for a hometown discount, you know, like like come out in public and said, well, we need guys to take a little bit less money or you know do the hometown discount. It would be one thing if they asked that. They're not even asking that. 
Well, we can't pay everybody. Yeah, they're just saying we're not doing. Yeah, yeah, we don't got no money. Well, we just, you know, can't pay everybody. You know, that's the way it works out. And it's like, what? Like, how is that possible? But again, it's it's an NFL cap, and there's going to be some hard decisions made. But I can tell you this: that that franchise ain't letting Joe Burrow go. He's going to retire a, a Cincinnati Bengal, Bar, barring something crazy. He's going to retire a Cincinnati Bengal when all is said and done. So. Maybe that's not necessarily good for the league and allowing guys like that to be on other teams or whatever like that. But um, but if I'm the Bengals, I lock him up for for his life. I, I give him an administrative job. I give him whatever he's yeah, got to have. They're definitely going to. Yeah. You know, unless for some reason this year he has a crazy, you know, step backwards, a, ma- a massive regressive. Yeah, season. yeah. Other than that, yeah, they're going to lock him up. Yeah. It's. I mean, because it's going to be, it's going to be crazy money. Like he's the. It's not that other guys haven't gotten money, but he's the first guy in this sort of newer era that is going to just get, I mean, again, he's, what, top three or four NFL quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He's played in the Super Bowl. It's going to be crazy how much money he's going to get. I mean, it's yeah. going to be Pat Mahomes-like. I mean, he's going mm-hmm. to get Pat Mahomes kind of money. from this, yeah. and, and the Bengals are going to have to, they're, the Bengals going to have to pay it. Yeah. Like, they're not going to have a choice. Yep. They're going to have to pay it. So, um, just crazy to think about how much money that he's about to uh, to receive from from the Cincinnati Bengals uh, and all of it. But, again, he's an outstanding player, one of the best quarterbacks in all of the NFL. But we'll see. I think the Bengals will go cheap, and they won't sign everybody, and they'll use excuses about the economic factors and all this other kind of Michigas. Pay everybody in chili stock. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Skyline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, when uh, we get back, I'm going to ask you a question at 404-726-0929. Call up and give us your thoughts. Will Bijan set a record? I'll explain the record up next. Chuck Green, Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 